doing? Hello, I'm good. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about dummies and the big question, are we the dummy police? Um, which I think, as a speech and language therapist, sometimes it can be perhaps perceived that we are the dummy police because we have quite strong um, professional opinions on the use of dummies. Um, but I, there's a few myths I'd like to dispel as well. So, um, so yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. I think that's a good idea because everybody always says that, that sort of when parents come in and families come into the setting as well, they're like, you know, what's your advice on dummies? What do you do? Um, and I always say, look, the, this is our, this is professional advice, but also this is my advice, you know, also, you know, I did use dummies for my children, but actually I used them in a way that um, hopefully it still enabled them to talk as well. So, you know, there, there is a place for them, isn't there? So let's have yeah. a chat and see what yeah, we think about it. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that starts us off with, like, why why do we give children dummies and what are the benefits? Um, and I think that that's really important because, again, I, I do hear a lot of judgment from parents and professionals about children who are using dummies um, when they're perhaps older than we would want them to be using dummies. Um, and what I want to say right from the start is there's absolutely no judgment at all. Um, and our role is not to judge parents ever. Our role is to support and inform and educate. So I think that's that's why it's really important to get these messages out. And for us, I think having a baby that is calm and settled is so important. And if the baby needs that dummy to help them to feel that that sort of security and be settled and and then mum is feeling calm and settled or dad then you've got a much a much better situation for everybody um, yeah and it is hard isn't it when, when you've got a brand new baby you know and and they're you know they might be sort of quite upset at different times and you're trying to find out what you know what is the best thing to do for that baby it's perfectly okay to use that as as a soother you know as long as that baby's getting comforted and that cuddled and you know so so do you think like sort of when really you know that's talking about like sort of really tiny babies and things when should we probably be thinking about weaning children off dummies yeah I mean, from speech and language therapy point of view we have quite clear guidelines and you know that we want to share and that's ideally around six months we want to be reducing dummy use and certainly by one year and the reasons for that are around about the six month mark that's when your babbling is taking off so baby's making sounds uh, and by a year we're expecting first words and in that period of time we're also getting our teeth so the reason that all those things matter is if you are a baby and you're trying to babble but you have a dummy in your mouth it's really difficult. First, the first sort of sounds we hear in our babble are ma 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 and ba ba ba. Those types of sounds. Those sounds involve both of your lips, your top lip and your bottom lip coming together. So if you imagine just for a moment that you've got like a, something in there, like a dummy, um, and then you try and close your lips around it to go ma ma ma, you just you just can't do it. And, and the same with ba ba ba. If you try and say ba, but you've got this this dummy in your mouth it's more likely to come out as a gut because you can't shut your mouth. So what does it do? It Does does that mean it sort of changes, if you're trying to babble with a dummy and it changes your speech sounds then? Uh, yeah, it can do, absolutely, because you're, what you're doing is you're under-using the muscles at the front of your mouth. So your lips are a muscle and your tongue is a muscle. So what you're doing is you're under-using your lips and the front bit of your tongue, but you're over-using the back of your tongue. Okay. Things that would normally be produced at the front, like ma, pa, ta, tend to then be produced at the back, like g. So we do see children who have had um, sort of a dummy, a, 
lots of dummy use and have learnt to talk with it in their mouth, it often will present and say gaggy rather than daddy. And okay. they develop that pattern of speech. So, I mean, it's really important to say not all children who have dummies will have those sort of speech difficulties. The key is using the dummy to settle versus using the dummy to silence. Okay. Um, because actually, if you're settling a baby, the dummy is being used as it's intended to be used. It's when you have children that sort of have the dummy in all the time and then learn to talk with it in. So my, my top tip to anybody is if the child has a dummy, is just make sure they pop it out when they're talking. And then if they need to pop it back in, that's fine. It's just don't talk with it in. That's when you learn those patterns. That's, that's what we tend to do in the in the setting. So we don't... We, we, don't, we try very much not to say, you know, oh, you're in here and your dummy's up there. And then a child can see their dummy up there. And it, and I always go, well, what, what if that was, you know, I know something that you really loved. So that's something for adults, not obviously in a setting because we're not allowed them, but it, adults in an everyday life, that's like their phone. And it would say, yeah. I'm just going to pop it up there and you can see it. But you can't. Yeah. So to be honest, you know, it, it, it's working together with the parent, isn't it? And the child as well. And particularly the child to say, what, what's going to, what's going to make you feel happy and what's going to you know we can't have the dummy all the time because we can't hear what you're saying we want you to join in with us and we want you to play so so we said that so I, I just say oh really if a child has got their dummy I say I'm oh, really sorry I can't hear you would you mind taking it out so we can hear you and after a while they just sort of pop it in in their own pocket I was like oh you can play if you pop that in your pocket and then you can come and use both hands to play can't you and that tends to work well and the child has ownership of that the other thing, going back to the baby side of things, in that age range of six to, 80, uh, six to 12 months, sorry, is with the teeth forming, um, you ask any speech therapist and we can spot a dummy mouse, as it's known in the trade, yeah. we can spot a dummy mouse as soon as they walk in the room. Because what happens is, again, children that have sort of prolonged and overuse of dummies, it creates this sort of sort of overarch in the teeth. So what happens is the teeth sort of grow almost around the dummy shape. And then what you're left with is this slightly open bite. So where your front teeth normally grow downwards, if you've overused a dummy, they grow slightly sort of open at the front. So the tongue hasn't got any boundary to stop it poking out. So what will there be? There'll just be a, an, more of an opening. Yeah, more of an opening. So the teeth, you can see the teeth are almost like an, like an arch at the front. And then what happens is the tongue hasn't got anything to like sort of hit against when it says t and d and s. So then what can happen is you can have quite a, like, we call it dentalisation, where the tongue is making more contact with the teeth than we'd expect. So you can have that sort of lisp type sound. Right. Um, like sun rather than sun. It's quite difficult to hear on, on when you're recording it on a phone, but you would know those sorts of a bit more slushy type sounds. Um, and again, that's just where the teeth have changed the shape. So that's why that six to 12 months is key in terms of using their dummy, you know, frequently. I always say to parents, if parents come to speech therapy and the child is three, three and a half and they still have a dummy, it's about a balance. And I would always say to parents, as a compromise, if you can reduce the dummy to just settling times or if the child's really upset, I will take that. You know, that's where I'm saying I'm not the dummy police. Don't go, go throw it away unless you want to. But what I'm, the compromise is if you can make sure that it's, it's kept primarily to settling times, not playing and talking times, I will take that as a deal.
Yeah, and that and that works for the child and works for the parent and works for the speech and language therapist as well, doesn't it? And and that's yeah. you know that that's what we do in earlier settings because I know sort of that there's a bit of a query of like should should um, dummies be allowed in early years settings yeah. and things and and again we're not the dummy police. It's not no. it's not my role to take something off off a child that is being comforted by that. And, but especially as you know when they're settling and they're and you know they don't even know us. Measure right, okay. Well, you can't even go in with your favorite thing in there it's exactly. like that just feels a bit mean doesn't it it's just it like, and, like i wouldn't want to go it, there you know that's what it's looking at the bigger picture isn't it and it's and it's also again let's never assume knowledge we know the sort of the, the guidance around when the best times to, to sort of wean children off dummies are but if you're not in the trade you might not know that i don't think i don't think dummies have it on the packet i don't know if they have that information so again, our role is not judgment, our role is education, and it's just talking to parents about, you know, have you got a plan to try and, you know, reduce the dummy, you know, because they might have a plan, we can't assume that they don't care, so have you yeah. how can we help you with that? Or if, if they don't have a plan, say, well actually we do know that, it, you know, this is the time we really want to be reducing the dummy for these reasons, so how can we do that together in a way that will work for your family? So I, th so I think your top tip there really is just don't, you know, don't have the dummy in when the child's talking. And also, you know, the more the child is talking, the less they're going to have the dummy in their mouth, aren't they? So, Absolutely. you know. One, yeah, one, and a little, another thing that often crops up is, well, I'd rather them have a dummy than suck their thumb. And again, it, it, it's really difficult because the overuse of the thumb sucking can do the same thing. Um, but I always think, well, if you if you engage a child in an activity where they need their hands, they will have to take it out or they might have to take it out. And there is some evidence to say that because the thumb is attached to their own body, they, they are more likely to reduce and stop the thumb sucking when they're sort of developmentally and emotionally ready to do so. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, so it, it is it is difficult, but, um, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Oh, thanks, Beck. That's fab. Thank you. See you later. Bye.